Yo, 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 yo. What's up, all you burner stoners and potheads? This is Weedman420 with the Weedman420 Chronicles. How are all you v -v 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 vipers doing out there, Mrs. Weedman? Mr. Weedman. How the hell are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing better now. You know why? Why? Because we're about to get normal. Hey, everybody out yeah, there in the world. Hopefully, you're smoking some big, fat doinks while you're listening to the show. And Mrs. Weeman and I are about to get normal. And it's been a day. So let's smoke up. And we are smoking some Zlurpees. Zlurpees. Grown by our friends at Crow Works. Fine hemp products, it says on his business card that this gentleman gave us. And I'm going to read a little bit about Zlurpees. And now, I don't know if this is the exact strain that he grew to the T. All I know is that you and your sister smoked this a couple, like a week ago. The other, he gave us two, and you said it was fantastic. So let's le read a little bit about Slurpees. Not to be confused with Slurpees, like the 7-Eleven Slurpees. Slurpees is an evenly balanced hybrid 50-50 strain created through crossing delicious Granddaddy Perp, Bubble Kush, and Sherbert strains. Named for the classic 7-Eleven drink. Slurpees is perfect bud for any hybrid lover who's after a giggy, giggly, giggity, giggity, and heady <laughs> high that will boost the mood to new heights of pure happiness. You and your sister were laughing your asses yes, off. Were. You came downstairs and said, you have to smoke this strain. <laughs> so it starts almost as soon as you exhale, slamming into the brain with an unfocused euphoria that fills you with mental energy and creativity. Although you won't be able to concentrate on much of anything. Oh, great. Great. As you get up and moving, you'll find your mind drifting away as you drop into fits of giggles and laughter at anything, everything remotely funny. No wonder why you and your sister, Laura, because you both are we such goofballs up. when you're together. We're laughing your ass off when you guys smoke this. So that was that's awesome. It's often chosen to treat conditions such as chronic fatigue, depression, chronic stress or anxiety, mood swings, and nausea or appetite loss. This bud has a sweet and sour lemon-lime flavor with a fruity, sugary exhale. The aroma is very similar with the sour citrusy overtone extended by spicy earth and sugary fruits. Zlurpy buds have oversized long pepper-shaped olive green nugs with deep purple undertones, bright orange hairs, and coating of tiny dark purple crystal trichomes. Sounds fantastic. Uh, the effects are creative, euphoria, giggly, sociable, uplifting. Relief symptoms of anxiety, depression, fatigue, nausea, and stress. Flavors are citrus, fruity, grape, lemon, lime, sour, and sweet. And the aromas are citrus, earthy, grapefruit, lemon, lime, and sour. Did you catch any of those flavors? The citrusy and the sugary. It's earthy. But definitive, like, I don't, yeah. my No. I didn't catch anything super specific but that's my taste buds so i've told you last week that when i drink that drink i can taste flavors better hmm. not this week <laughs> <laughs> your theory is botched maybe <laughs> maybe i just mr weedman drinks hop water while we're recording and that's what he's saying he thought maybe it well i mean hop is they're related. In the same family of plants. I do. I taste I taste earthy. Yeah. It tastes a little fruitiness. Nice. This was a fat doink, too. This was mm -hmm. a big one gram doinker mm -hmm. that Growworks gave us. So I want to say thank you, Growworks, for, thank you. for this amazing doink you, you shared with us. And the other one, you gave us two. So, and we'll see you soon, uh, mostly at another event. I have to thank you, and we'll tag you as a big fat thank you for this fat, delicious doink that we're going to mm -hmm. smoke throughout the show. So thank you so much, Growworks. We appreciate it. And 
What did we do this weekend? We went to a birthday party. We did. We went to a cannabis birthday party. We did. It was a lot of fun. And Mr. Wee Man brought a lot of doinks yeah. and some edibles, and we got to meet some cool people and, and see some cool people we know from the industry. Uh, her name is, I guess I could say her name, right? Yeah. Her name is Paige, mm-hmm. and it was her birthday. We know her from being on the trail, seeing her at events, and uh, I guess she's a listener of the show. So happy birthday, Paige. Thank you so much for inviting us to your party. It was a lot of fun. It was great to uh, see a lot of people we know in the industry and meet some people who we never met before. So we appreciate your birthday at uh, at uh, Jesse's Tavern in, in Chicago uh, Chicago Ridge. Um, so thank you so much for inviting us. Yes. Thank um, you, Paige. Yeah, it Happy was a good birthday. Time. Yeah, we got to wear what we normally wear, all black. <laughs> <laughs> it was a black party. Yeah. So it was good stuff. And Yuki's in the house trying to get by. Come on, Yuki girl. Go over to the side over there. Come on. She's trying to walk around the table. She's trying to go over her spot. Getting caught up in all of our cords. All of our cords. (laughs) Guess you're not going to do it. But so what else going on? We got some stuff going on this weekend. I do anyway. Yeah. Where am I going? Friday night, we're going to two different places. Yeah. I'm going to a product launch in the city Mm -hmm. and a cannabis product launch. And I don't really know much about it. Um, But ladies night going out with some other girls from the business. And then Mr. Weedman's going to pop up as Mr. Weedman mm-hmm. with um, with some of the Eight Decades goods. And he's going to be at an event that's being hosted by Zochi773 and yep. Kanavi. So they're a couple of guys here. that are doing a lot of uh, cannabis events that are... Bizarre and bangers. Yeah, bizarre and bangers. Yep. And um, it's a ticketed event. So if you go on our Instagrams, you'll you'll find a link to it. Um, we'll be posting it throughout the week. Um, so two very different events. Um, mine is at Howl, Howl at the Moon is a piano bar, like a dueling piano bar. So it's not going to be on-site consumption, I presume. You're going to be at an all-consumption event. I'd be rolling doinks for people. Yeah. And Mr. Weedman's <laughs> event goes until 2, but the vendors can leave around midnight. My event goes, I think, until 10. So I'll be visiting Mr. Weedman. Yeah. <laughs> After my event. I'm ends. doing an event on my yeah. own without Mr. Weedman. Yeah. It is a first. I know. I'm we're, going, we're going separate ways. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to just be at the table meeting people, shaking hands, kissing babies, yeah. and giving hugs, and giving out doinks. Mm-hmm. Come visit me at the table. Come follow us. Come take a couple stickers and come ask some questions and you get a doink. Yeah. Yeah, from Mr. Weedman's Grow or Big Earl's Grow. So right. which is great. You get to try one of our strains. So come see us. I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you all out there. Uh, what else? Anything else? That's it, That's right? it for this coming weekend. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, it. Believe it or not. Yeah. We got nothing else. So let's start the show, right? Let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. What is RSO Rick Simpson Oil? Now, we've talked about Rick Simpson oil before on some prior episodes, but this is just some more information. And what I'm liking, what I'm seeing right now, I saw someone post something the other day and it had a shit ton. It was an RSO and it had so many different cannabinoids. I got to grab my phone. I dropped it. I want (laughs) to read this to you because I had to. I couldn't believe my eyes and I was super excited, but I saw this. RSO live resin full extract cannabis oil. Now, it's not in Illinois. It's in Michigan. So I need to go take a trip there because I I want this. I don't know the name of the company. It doesn't say it on here. But listen to these cannabinoids. So it's RSO, which we're going to talk about in a second. THC was 68%. THCV was 31%. CBGA was 7.71%. Wow. THCA was 2.82%. 
CBC was 0.53%, hmm. CBD 0.19%, CBN 0.58%, and CBG, the mother of all cannabinoids, 2.01% for wow. total. And then it was uh, uh, terpenes were, f- total terpenes were fi- almost 6%. Wow. So a total cannabinoid, though, of all of it was 76% cannabinoids. Wow. And when I saw this, I was drooling. Mm-hmm. This is total, like, like overall the full package body. Yeah. yeah, this is like everything. I remember. I said, I said this. I said this a long time ago. He who can make something that has all the different cannabinoids. Now it's an RSO, so it's it's not smoke, but it's still a, a, an RSO that is totally for healing. Mm-hmm. And every single one of those cannabinoids has healing properties in it. And I said this years ago that whoever can come up with something like this yeah. is going to be a very, very wealthy person. So do you think that is like a merging of multiple different plants? Like, Probably. Like it takes hash to make RSO, right? No. It takes, it takes a concentrate. It takes plants. Plants. And we're gonna, you're going to learn about it in a second. Right. And isopropyl alcohol. Okay. When I made mine, remember I made my Rick yeah. Simpson oil, I used um, Everclear, which is over 100% alcohol. And then alcohol. you have to boy- render out the alcohol. Yes. Yes, and then if, you yeah, end you up with make... the concentrate, yes, the RSO. the RSO. So you, wait, you, what did you start from? Flour. Flour. And and uh, Everclear in Just my machine. So they could, hypothetically, to get that variety it could all be natural from all different plants. Yeah. Like it could be buds from yeah, 10 could. different varieties of, of that cannabis. That had maybe some of those that cannabinoids had different, in it. Yeah. It doesn't say, I don't know. Right. But yes. Because you, you can, couldn't get that from one plant, could not you? Not that much. I mean, not that many. It depends. With, on how, with RSO, how those, can they? It depends on how those plants were bred. Yeah. So I don't know how they bred those plants for and what they were breeding them for. So those plants that they may be specific breeding that they bred to have that many I've cannabinoids. I've never heard one that has that, that high quantities of that no, many. No, a right? plant? Right. No. No. Maybe like I've heard like, you know, your THCA, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But I've heard like maybe, Not having maybe three, four, half five. a percent of right. CBG or one percent of CBGA or like a half a percent of CBN. I've never seen like that, that many. Right. With that many, like, at that high. That point. Yeah. I mean, some of them were high, but I would say higher would be like that 1%, 2%. Mm -hmm. But still, still, still all those cannabinoids in that RSO, however, way they did that with. So, if if it's not a bunch of different strains blended together to make one formula, are they putting added terpenes and cannabinoids in? Uh, Like, are they they synthetic? I mean, it's extracted. It could be synthetic. I don't know, but I don't think they would do it in that Rick Simpson. Yeah, because it should be pu- super pure. Yeah. I thought it was always considered like yeah. pure, like the standard of purity. Yeah, I don't think they're adding synthetic cannabinoids to that that hmm. oil I just read about. Okay. So, but I only Sorry. saw it in Michigan. So just got my mind going. Well, that Slurpee's got you. Yeah. <laughs> so let's read a little about Rick Simpson oil. Now, like I said, I'm not a hundred percent an expert on. What Mrs. Weeman and I were just talking about. So she's asking sure, me questions, right. but she's asking me questions that I'm not 100% sure on, just so you all know that. Stuff that I've read and researched and learned about is what I answered her at. Right. So if you want to know more, you need to find an expert who makes RSO and knows about the plant mm-hmm. like that. So 
first and foremost, Mrs. Wee Man was Fair throwing enough. me curveballs. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, there are many forms of cannabis products Left. on the market today, where it's dabs, vape carps, CBD oils, edibles, salves, uh, or good old fashioned flour. There are seemingly endless choices in a world of long dispensary menus. Some might ask, what is RSO? Rick Simpson oil is highly concentrated cannabis extract. It's known for a medical marijuana product due to incredibly high levels of THC. While it's possible to make uh, both THC and CBD RSO, the thick vis viscosis oil is typically associated with the former. Named for its inventor, Rick Simpson, RSO is extremely versatile and touted for its potential benefits, particularly for cancer patients. If you've seen wondering about the oil, the definitive guide has you covered. What is RSO? RSO is a potent whole plant cannabis extract. Unlike some other concentrates, it contains a full spectrum of active ingredients, such as cannabinoids, terpenes, and other cannabis compounds. The oil is incredibly thick and dark brown in color. It also remarkably potent, a starting dose typically smaller than a grain of rice. Remember when remember you done one some, time? when you done some RSO? Yeah, I yeah. remember that one time. <laughs> I said I think I need a long grain rice. <laughs> and you lower that was long too much. you were long grained, all right? <laughs> oh, okay. That was bad. So Rick Simpson oil is highly, highly concentrated mm -hmm. to the most if someone gives you R RSO, Rick Simpson oil, please, like a rice grain to start with. If you've never done it before, there's people that can take massive doses of RSO. There's people that can't take only, not even a long grain of rice, <laughs> not wild rice. Just short grain. Just a short grain. <laughs> so... Plain white rice for me. Yeah. RSO <laughs> consumed orally or topically. It is possible to smoke or dab RSO, but it can be a less than pleasant experience due to the con consistency and flavor. Yes, when you take RSO, it is so extremely bitter. Bitter. So what we do, I Crackers do. Crackers and peanut butter. I, I, we put it on a pretzel. Mm -hmm. It's great. Put it on a whatever. Just put it, put it inside a gummy bear. Mm -hmm. Like... And eat it that way because you're gonna. But take... you have to like sandwich it between yeah, something. Yeah, it's very. You can't like very... put it on top of something because you are gonna taste yes. that for hours. And it'll stick to and your it'll teeth be, like, a little bit. Sticky, like... <laughs> it is very thick Ugh, and viscous. Yeah, sandwich. it is like yeah. So, um, who is Rick Simpson? Rick Simpson created his namesake oil, sometimes also called the Phoenix Tears, after suffering from several conditions. Uh, purportedly related to asbestos exposure, asbestos exposure. In 1997, the Canadian engineer was overcome while working in a hospital boil room and fell from a ladder. He soon developed a treatment-resistant uh, tinnitus as well as dizzy spells and began consuming medical marijuana to ease his symptoms. In 2003, a series of concerning moles appeared on Simpson's skin. He was soon diagnosed with a form of skin cancer called basal cell um, after reading a study about a potential tumor-fighting abilities of cannabis, he began experimenting with more, more with the plant, eventually creating Rick Simpson oil. Simpson applied his creation directly to his moles, covering them with a bandage for a few days at a time. He believed the RSO eradicated the cancer cells in his body and credited it with curing his cancer entirely. While the claim has never been scientifically proven, Simpson soon began mass-producing RSO and giving it away for free to patients in need, along with making his recipe available online for the world to use. 
How is RSO made? RSO is an alcohol-based cannabis extract. It's created by covering plant material with the solvent, preferably isopropyl alcohol, per Rick Simpson's original recipe. The alcohol separates active compounds, including tetrahydrocannabinol, THC, from the plant. The solvent is then removed using heat. The resulting oil is typically placed in a syringe for ease and accurate dosing. As mentioned above, the medical cannabis product is usually consumed orally or topically. Some people even use suppositories, Alabama especially. <laughs> Benefits of RSO. Studies on RSO itself are few and far between. But research on the benefits of THC is plentiful. A case study in 2013 saw RSO attributed to reducing the leukemic blast cell count in teenage patient. However, other scientific inquiries into RSO are needed to confirm its unique potential. Hmm. Rick Simpson initially touted his oil as a way to treat cancer. In studies, he said treat, not cure. Treat. So have shown studies in cannabis may indeed have anti-tumor properties. At this point, the majority of medical marijuana used by cancer patients focusing on treating symptoms. A 2019 review of 30 studies on cannabis for chemotherapy-induced nausea showed the plant was more effective than many commercial anti-medics. Anti-medics? Did I say it right? Anti-medics. Marijuana also has pain-relieving potential. Another study revealed that cannabis could be effective at managing cancer-related pain. And while many people battling cancer are turning to the plant, a cannabis knowledge disconnect remains between patients and their care providers. Doctors, ma'am. A major challenge for those seeking relief. RSO dosing recommendations. Rick Simpson recommended patients consuming 60 grams of RSO over the course of several weeks for maximum health benefits. Ooh. However, many people develop their own regimens. It is important to note that RSO is incredibly potent may take may not take effect for up to two hours after ingestion. Hmm. Hey, it happened That's surprising. To you. Yeah. So always, what's the rule? Go slow start and start low. low. And go slow. <laughs> go slow and start low that is like the golden yeah. rule i mean with anything <laughs> pretty so, much per simpson's protocol patients should begin with one quarter of syringe drop roughly half of a grain of rice half grain every eight hours for three weeks hmm. you're introducing it into your body letting mm -hmm. your body get used to your endocannabinoid systems getting woken up but you're also taking in a heavy dose of cannabis so your body has to get used to it. So you take it with a grain of rice hmm. and you introduce it slowly. He said every eight hours. So you're getting that medicine in your body. So it needs to do its work. Eventually, you're probably going to have to raise the dosage level, which he'll probably tell us in a second here. Um, so per Simpson's protocol, patients should begin with one quarter of a syringe drop, like I said, roughly a grain of rice, every eight hours for three weeks. By week four, he directs the dose size to double to a half of a dropper every eight hours. But like I said, you introduced it to your body. So yeah. I would still go a little less <laughs> just to see how the first couple times does it for you, you know, before you go to that double. That's for treating a condition. That's for treating this, cancer. That's for cancer. Yeah, for cancer. In week five, Simpson recommends patients take a full syringe dropper the size of two grains of rice three times daily. Week six sees the dose increase to two droppers full, four rice grains. At this point, the dosing hmm. schedule continues for another six weeks or until all 60 grams are consumed. 
that makes like sense. It's like a 60-gram therapy. Yes. How to make it at home. Uh, we'll post this so you can read about it. Uh, it's not hard, but it's also... It, 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 it can be dangerous. It can be dangerous, too. So, so do your research. Yeah, do your research. There's videos on it. Um, like I said, it, it, it's easy to make the initial step of the alcohol with the, the cannabis, but then you have to, when you go to get the alcohol out, to turn it into that that, that viscosity, that really rich, Goopy. thick goopiness, yeah. you have to put it on a burner with the alcohol in there, and you could start a fire. So you have to do it on a no-flame stove at all. It has to be all. electric. And it has to be, like, yeah, electric. Or, or it induction. Could be induction, and with a beaker. You know, uh, a glass beaker to, you know, get that to, to dissipate. Also, you have to be careful of the alcohol being burnt out. Do not do it in your house. Right. Do not do it in your house. That you're breathing in those alcohol fumes. You could and it's kill very yourself. Very flammable. Very flammable. And you could kill yourself. Mm -hmm. So you could do it outside, please. <laughs> <laughs> so... It's a powerful plant medicine. Rick Simpson oil is highly concentrated extract, often reserved for medical can cannabis patients. RSO packs quite a punch in a tiny package. It affects are among the strongest available on the market. Use it carefully. Many people with cancer, chronic pain, and other de debilitating conditions have praised RSO for its benefits, but research on the product remains limited. Since THC has shown great promise for a variety of ailments, RSO may be just what the doctor ordered for countless patients' needs. And that, that recipe I read from that syringe out in Michigan, that is wonderful. If you can find that, like Mrs. Weeman was like, how do they do it with the plants? And like I said, there's wills, there's ways. There's people growing. We had... Um, Goat, uh, we had uh, Goat Genetics on. He talked about he's growing specific strains for... Um, uh, no, I'm sorry, Seattle Seed Chronic. We had him on the show. He grows specifically for those type of strains. He grows CBG. He grow, He's learning to grow strains to get higher concentrations of those cannabinoids. He's growing specific plants. So there is a way you can grow those specific plants. They haven't been bred out totally, but now you're seeing like 1% to 2% in certain plants of certain cannabinoids. So that's where you're getting that. I, I remember saying that hmm. there are growers specifically growing for those. And, and uh, Seattle, Seattle Seed Crown has been doing that for 20 years. So probably if we get to a, a point in time where you can have like um, – like compounding pharmacists, you know, where they make, they physically make the medicine for you. Um, there will be compounding pharmacists maybe for cannabis that are taking uh, RSO concentrates from with different varieties of cannabinoid profiles and creating an actual recipe for your ailments. Like maybe it'll get that fine-tuned. Right. Wouldn't that be pretty cool? I mean, if you mm -hmm. were using it to treat something medically... You could still just smoke whatever on the weekends and the evening, you know, like whatever for your recreation. But for your medicine to treat particular ailments and to help you to be able to go and have an accurate compound made of all the cannabinoids that you need and the like the proper ratios to treat all of your it's, stuff. We've talked about it. There is yeah, companies, starting to, there's companies starting to kind yeah. of do that, but it's still going to take time but to I'm develop But I'm saying it. even like like natural cannabinoids these are like all plant derived no no yeah. synthetics yeah and they can make you yeah a little like tincture Eventually, or I mean, whatever there's people well we just i mean yeah we just read there is a company doing that 
with all those That's different cool. cannabinoids in there, now you can spe- specifically get one made, like you said, specifically for you. Maybe you don't want THCV, mm-hmm. but you want these three in there. That's going to be very cool to see where that goes. Yeah. I'm really high. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see so good. <laughs> Put your glass, your new glasses on, no, by the I way. No, I can see. I your, can see. Your new glasses that I'm you did. I'm cold. You got new gla- You've been cold I'm all I'm freezing day. all the time. All day you've been cold. Yeah. But you got new glasses. I got new. They're just cheaters. Uh, but, but they're yeah. still nice. They're, they're new. Cute. Yeah. She got them just because she knows she's it being filmed. And she wants to make sure she has cute glasses on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. No, don't be sorry. I'm not. I like the glasses. <laughs> <I'm not sorry. laughs> so as we just talked about cannabinoids um, on the RSO one, Mrs. Weeman's going to talk a little bit about compounds like cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids, which we've talked prior on prior episodes individually. Yeah. And, and now, like, these medical benefits they're finding out with all three, pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. We've got a new study that shows how cannabis compounds like cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids interact for medical benefits. A new scientific literature review published in the journal Molecules explores the collaborative interactions of various chemical compounds in cannabis, including cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids, arguing that a better understanding of the components combined effects is crucial for unraveling cannabis's complete therapeutic potential. The findings reinforce that many in the cannabis sp- at what many in the cannabis space have been saying for years that it's not only THC and CBD that modulate a person's cannabis experience, but also the complicated interactions between cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, and other molecules in the plant a concept known as the entourage effect. In cannabis science, cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids have often been overlooked, with much of the literature focusing predominantly on the major cannabinoids THC and CBD, said the seven-author research team behind the new study. However, emerging evidence suggests that these constituents, particularly cannabinoids and terpenes, play a substantial role in interacting and collaborating, This interplay gives rise to diverse effects, benefits, and side effects observed among different cannabis strains, which can vary in their ratios of these components. The new study published last month says that only by examining such nuanced interactions can researchers unlock cannabis's full therapeutic potential within the realm of natural plant-based medicine. Paying closer attention to distinct ratios of cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids in specific cannabis strains or products, for example, can pave the way for developing more personalized and productive medicinal interventions. Cannabinoids and terpenes, the researchers said, both interact with the endocannabinoid system and exert various effects on the body, including analgesic, anti-inflammatory, and neuroprotective actions, However, it is becoming increasingly clear that their effects are not solely attributed to their actions, but are modulated by other compounds in the plant. For instance, terpenes have been shown to have pharmacological properties and can interact with neurotransmitter receptors, enzymes, and cell membranes, among other targets, the study says, but they can also influence the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics of cannabinoids, 
potentially enhancing or modulating their effects. The concept of the entourage effect suggests that the combined action of cannabinoids and terpenes may result in a synergistic or added therapeutic effect greater than the sum of their individual effects, it continues. And while research into other another class of compounds called flavonoids is relatively limited, authors noted that studies have suggested their anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, and neuroprotective properties. And some specific flavonoids, such as canflavins, have shown potent anti-inflammatory effects, particularly in neuroinflammation. The study provides a better picture of the complex web of chemical interactions that might influence cannabis's effects on a person. But authors emphasized that clarifying the synergistic effects and underlying mechanisms of cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids demands a focused investigation. At the same time, the paper acknowledges that research into this federally controlled substance remains a major challenge. Addressing regulatory barriers obstructing cannabis research is imperative, it says. Overcoming these obstacles, stemming from the classification of cannabis as a Schedule I substance, is crucial to expanding access to cannabis products for research purposes. Furthermore, this would enable a more comprehensive exploration of the therapeutic and adverse effects of cannabis and cannabinoids, fostering informed decision-making and public health initiatives. Research has nevertheless ticked up among the growing legalization movement. According to analysis by the advocacy group Normal, scientists have published more than 32,000 marijuana studies over the past decade alone, with some recent years setting records for research. While much of that research has focused on the effects of cannabis consumption, some studies have tried to dig into the fundamental chemistry of cannabis. Just last year, for example, scientists discovered previously unidentified cannabis compounds called flavorants that are responsible for the unique aromas of different varieties of cannabis. Previously, many thought terpenes alone were responsible for various smells produced by the plant. In terms of the entourage effect, a separate study last year found that cannabis products with a more diverse array of natural cannabinoids produced a stronger psychoactive experience in participants that lasted longer than the high generated by pure THC. A comprehensive exploration of the synergies between cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids, coupled with advancements in phytochemical research and the removal of regula regulatory barriers, holds the key to unlocking the full therapeutic potential of cannabis. So time will will develop more and more information. Yeah, more yeah. studies, more studies. We've been um, smoking distillate vape cartridges for a very long time. I don't know, since like 2014 was the first time I think I got one. 2015, 2014, I think, maybe even sooner. Um, but it was right around that time there. And, uh, now we're seeing more and more rosin vapes. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I've smoked some good ones so far and I've smoked some mediocre ones. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's the next new thing. And in, in recent years, I mean, I know I've been smoking rosin and hash for a long time, but this is like, it's getting bigger. 
It's it, people are wanting it. They're understanding more. They're learning more between the difference between distillate and hash. And I okay, so I've used this example: the difference between hash and the difference between distillate when you when you vape it or when you smoke it. And here's the explanation how I feel between the two of them. When you use distillate, like let's just say you're at Great America on a roller coaster, right? Remember the K2? You screamed your ass off on that thing. <laughs> K2 shoots you straight up 100 miles per hour, and then you go straight down 100 miles per hour, and then you're done. And then you have to do it again to get that same rush over and over and over. That's kind of like distillate. Shoots you straight up, that high THC percentage, you know, 88 to 92, shoots you straight up. But then the come down is straight fucking down. Mm-hmm. And then you see people just hitting that fucking ding constantly to try to get that that high, that straight up K2 high, you know. Hash, on the other hand, is like the American Eagle, that great America. <laughs> and you and get to the like, top. Oh, but you get to the top. And then you do like a mo- yeah, yeah, you get to the top and you go down that first big, deep, not steep, right. deep. Yeah. So you get deep into that hash hole and you go, <laughs> and then you go up again. Yep. And then you go down in the wave, the hash hole wave. And it's such a yeah. beautiful experience. That's my explanation between distillate and hash. Yeah. I only need to smoke hash a little bit here and there. And I get that American Eagle high. American Eagle high. <laughs> when I smoke distillate, I get that K2 head rush high, and you're just like, ugh. Isn't K2 like spice, like the gas station? Kind shit? of, but this is the K2 roller coaster at Great yeah. America. We <laughs> so. need a, like the demon, right? <laughs> the de- no, no, definitely not the demon. I think you almost broke your neck on the demon. The tidal wave, just one big loop. Yeah. So, that's it. But that's just what it is. Yep. It's just straight up and straight down. So that's my explanation between distillate. And nothing wrong with it. Right. If you like that, you know, a lot of stuff is made with distillate today, you know, and some people love it. Some people like hitting that cart fucking 90 miles per hour. Really now, the only time we use a cart is if we go someplace that's and not. We have, we have rosin cards now. Right. We've been using rosin cards yeah. instead. Right. But in recent years, rosin, as typical product type of solventless cannabis concentrate, has become one of the most talked about products in the cannabis industry. Despite a continuous decline in cannabis concentrate market sales from 2021 to the end of 2023, rosin has shown a strong market growth trend. Uh, High consumer demand for rosin. Cannabis enthusiasts have long been fascinated and enamored with rosin. Since 2019, in light of safety concerns surrounding incidents in the cannabis vape industry, consumers have been uh, fervently demanding cleaner, pure extracts to achieve better and safer highs. When you use distillate, there's three or four different ways to make distillate. Mm -hmm. There is your BHO, your butane. There is your ethanol. There is your propane and CO2 extraction to make your distillate. All can blow up. There's been major accidents making distillate. Hmm. You're using flammable material to make this. Right? Yeah. Because you're pulling everything out except for one thing. That's THC. That's all you're getting. You strip all the other cannabinoids out. You strip all the terpenes in, out. 
you strip all the flavonoids, all the esters, all you're having is highly concentrated THC. Mm. Sometimes that THC can go all the way up to like 98% and they dilute it. They dilute it too. And then they also add botanical terpenes, flavoring to that now because you straight distillate taste. Yep. I've smoked straight distillate. Hundred percent. I've smoked ninety nine percent distillate. One time in my life, I got it from a friend of mine when I was with him out in California, and he had gotten ninety nine percent pure. And we and it was the K fucking two, rushed, wham, straight to the fucking moon, Alice, <laughs> straight to the fucking moon. But the down was like, and Yuck. I went back to him like, hey, can I get a hit of that? Because it came down so quick, I was like, it's here and gone and forever, hmm. you know? But it is a fucking banger of a high. You are, the rush was unbelievable. Hmm. I, I was like, ooh, like fucking, <laughs> I mean, I was like fucking Ric Flair. My eyes were fucking bugged out. Fucking, if I had hair, it would look like Ric Flair. And I went, woo. I was like, I mean, every muscle in my body felt it. It was fucking a rush. I don't know if any of you out there know fucking Animal and Hawk, the Road Warriors, when he used to come out and say, what a rush. That's what it was. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, it, but that was like purest I've ever smoked in my whole entire life. I mean, it was like, fuck you. This is a, but the down was sucked. And you wanted to hit it again. And mm -hmm. Hash, smooth, baby. Like a, like a fucking freshly shaved bald head. <laughs> Only you would know. Well, I know. You would know too. You felt this freshly shaved bald head a few times. <laughs> so, rosin caters to the needs of the most discerning connoisseurs, offering a product that meets the desire for purity, potency, and quality. It has become the ideal choice for consumers seeking to avoid cannabis extracts rich in chemical additives. While rosin is widely recognized as the most natural and fresh consumption option in cannabis, determining the best way to consume it for an optimal experience has posed a challenge for many cannabis consumers. So the preferred method of cannabis rosin consumption is the rigs, a rosin gummy, or disposable dab pen. So there's the vape rigs, there's right. the glass rigs, there's the, the torch. So dabbing, the dominant rosin consumption method, is currently the most popular rosin consumption method, scooping a bit of premium live rosin from a carefully stored mason jar and then dabbing it in the rig is an exquisite ritual for many cannabis consumers. So we talked about that. We've been to, we've been to these very exquisite ritual mm -hmm. that are amazing. Dab heads, they're fucking amazing people. I love them. You know, they're they're a special type of person to do what they do in the clouds <laughs> that they blow. <laughs> uh, it involves heating live rosin on a hot surface, usually a nail, and then inhaling the su uh, superior vapor through a dab rig. While dabbing is inhaled, the best way to consume live rosin, offering a more potent and immediate effect, it comes with many diverse components and complex operations, including rosin storage, dab device selection, temperature adjustment, followed by cleaning and maintenance. It does take a lot of work. Like I said, it's a special breed to do that, but it is fucking amazing when you can do it right. <laughs> Vaping, the rising star of, uh, of rosin vaporization. Vaping has become a new favorite among many rosin enthusiasts. Vape products have seen rapid growth in the cannabis market due to their exponential vaporization performance, user-friendly design, and affordable prices. The late, uh, so it, I've seen them. We're, we've bought some nice, um, some nice rosin disposable that they did. 
get a nice flavor, you get a nice high. Mm -hmm. We keep on looking at whether we high because it's so smooth, but we are, but we're not feeling that rush. It's just right. a smooth high. It's just, I'm like, am I fucking baked? Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. not like, I'm more of a, like a smooth. It's just, it's hard to explain. You gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta do it with Mr. Weedman. <laughs> so, um, so most rosin vape products on the market impose strict requirements for the rosin infused inside, necessitating modest flowability and minimal particles or impurities. Consequently, many, many rosin vapors, vaporizers on the market actually dilute live rosin with live resin to address these challenges. The lack of ceramic heating technology capable of perfect vaporizations for various types of rosin remains a key obstacle to the widespread adoption of rosin vapes. Yes, we've seen that in some of them too. So, Gummies. Mmm, hash gummies are so good, <laughs> so good. Uh, it's becoming very popular and actually becoming very affordable now. Uh, same thing with any gummy or any edible. Start low and go slow. You're getting some phenomenal gummies that have... Um, it, it's hard to get... a uh, When you're trying to make hash rosin or rosin, it takes a lot of weed to do it. So it's not a huge rank and when you look at like sales overall sales of them because it's just they're not easy to make you need a lot mm -hmm. so uh not a lot of companies make them but the ones that do are making really good ones um so how is the ideal rosin consuming products like in 2015 a man named phil salazar better known as the soil grown has introduced rosin tech to the marijuana community cannabis enthusiasts and business alike have been striving for a better way to consume rosin however there's still much debate surrounding the current methods of, of rosin consumption uh, while gummies offer safer and delicious, their effects are slow and their potency is mid to mild. Smoking, while convenient, can damage uh, the precious terpenes and natural flavors of live rosin. Dabbing and vaping both have their advantages and disadvantages. While with dabbing representing high-quality rosin vaporization flavor, man, you get some flavor when you use when you use a rig. I mean, the flavors you can't you can't beat it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it's amazing. Oh my gosh. So. Um, with rosin enthusiast, desire is the fusion of the benefits of rosin dabbing and rosin vaping, offering the convenience of vaping with a premium flower of rosin. Actually, such evolution in product development has been uh, validated um, in the market today. Uh, so there's a big future, I think. I think there's companies that are going to invest in it more and more, uh, especially for people that are understanding cannabis more and really wanting flavor over everything. You know, the high two and all the overall experience of all the different cannabinoids and all the different terpenes to really get the true experience of of, of the flavor and the smell. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, the way they're doing it today. <laughs> oh, makes me so nice. So new study shows data on cancer survivors, cannabis use, effectiveness, as treatment. Treatment. Yes. Treatment. Yeah. I love it. Tell us about it, Mrs. Wee Man. Yeah. A study recently published in the Journal of Cancer Survivorship found evidence that a majority of participants who are cancer survivors use cannabis to manage their symptoms. The study was funded by the National Cancer Institute, the Betty B. Marcus Chair in Cancer Prevention, and the Duncan Family Institute for Cancer Prevention and Risk Assessment, and co-written by four researchers. It analyzed a total of 1,886 participants, where 17.4% said they currently consumed cannabis, 30.5% described themselves as former consumers, and 52.2% had never used cannabis before. Those who were either currently consuming or former consumers, about 510 participants, said that they found relief in using cannabis for sleep disturbance, pain, 
stress, nausea, and mood, uh, like uh, mood disorder or depression, sorry. Additionally, one-fifth of the 510 participants specifically used it to treat cancer, and half of those participants that used cannabis to treat a specific condition perceived that cannabis was helpful to a great extent in improving their symptoms. Only 167 participants said that they experienced negative side effects, including suicidal thoughts, 5% of them, intense nausea and vomiting, 6%, depression, 11%, anxiety, 14%, breathing problems, 31%, and interaction with cancer drugs, 35%. Ultimately, participants found cannabis to be useful in their treatment, for example, of those who used cannabis for their nausea, 73.6% described the benefits as effective to a great extent, while only 24.4% said it was effective very little, and 1.9% said it was not effective at all. Overall, half of participants said that cannabis was useful to a great extent, while less than half said it was somewhat effective and approximately 5% said they found cannabis to offer very little benefits. Similar results were shown in the percentage of participants who used can cannabis to treat cancer. Researchers wrote that 47.7% of participants found cannabis to be helpful in their treatment to a great extent, while 34.5% described it as somewhat useful, and 13.8% said there was very little usefulness. Only 4% said it wasn't useful at all. Researchers also pointed out only a few were aware of the health risks of cannabis use during cancer management, researchers wrote. Of the 167 survivors who reported awareness of potential health risks from cannabis use, their awareness of, uh, of adverse health risks associated with cancer use was low. In response to this data, researchers added the necessity for more research. With most survivors reporting benefits from cannabis use and cancer management, there's a need for more studies to strengthen current evidence on cannabis therapeutics, researchers wrote. Also, there's a need for policies, clear guidelines, and cannabis-based educational programs for healthcare providers and survivors on the use, benefits, and risk of cannabis and cancer management. Researchers further explained the importance of engaging in conversations about cannabis treatments with healthcare providers as well. A normal report published in late December shared that 32,000 peer-reviewed scientific research papers and reports have been published since 2013. Additionally, Normal said that recorded cannabis research has been going on since the sixth, I'm sorry, the 19th century. As of uh, this, um, as of the writing of this uh, article, PubMed.gov cites over 45,900 scientific papers on weed dating back to the year 1840. Damn. And they are available to the public online since 1996. PubMed is a free research resource supporting the search and retrieval of biomedical and life science literature, Normal wrote. Based on this information, Normal Deputy Director Paul Armentano argued against those who claim that there isn't enough evidence of cannabis's effectiveness as a treatment for many conditions. Despite claims by some that cannabis has yet to be subject to adequate scientific scrutiny, 
Scientists' interest in studying cannabis has increased exponentially in recent years, as has our understanding of the plant, its active constituents, their mechanism of action, and their effects on both the user and upon society, says Armentino. Armentano. It is time for politicians and others to stop assessing cannabis through the, through the lens of what we don't know and instead start engaging in evidence-based discussions about cannabis and cannabis reform policies that are indicative of all that we do know. Meanwhile, research papers expressing the effectiveness of can cannabis for cancer patients continue to grow in numbers. Early in 2023, one study conducted by both American, Canadian, and Irish, Irish researchers found that cannabis was both a safe and effective way to treat cancer pain. Last year, the University of Buffalo researchers announced that they received a $3.2 million grant from the National Cancer Institute to study how cannabis affects cancer patients undergoing immunotherapy. <coughs> so that's exciting. More Very research. exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm going to... I mean, I didn't know that those were all published to be able to look at. I want to go on at. that pub. Yeah. I've been on PubMed, but I didn't know they had 45,900 scientific papers on cannabis dating That's back to nuts. 1840. Fuck yeah, because there's some stuff back in the 1800s that you can, that they hid yeah. from us. Well, even in the 1900s. Yes, but yeah. before 1906, there was a lot of research. 1906 is when they totally, mm -hmm. you know. And then 1937, Marijuana Tax Act. So, I mean, but I'm looking forward to going on yeah. and doing some reading here and there. Massachusetts sets adult-use cannabis sales mark with $1.56 billion in 2023. Chase. Whoa. That's some money. <laughs> Minnesota regulators, regulators turn to lawmakers to assist adult-use marijuana sales. Mistake. <laughs> Just don't get them involved at all. Figure it out. You got a year. I know they want to do it sooner, but you got till 2025. Um, Illinois sales uh, for January were 133,787,753 and 89 cents. They had a low out-of-state resident sales for that month. But January of 2023, we uh, Illinois did 127,000. So they were up. Hmm. They were up $5 million. Five million. So, I mean, can't complain. You're still up. I mean, your out-of-state sales were down, but residents in-state were buying weeds. <laughs> so, dry January. Doing just fine. Dry yeah. January, man. Doing just fine. Uh, momentum is building in Hawaii to legalize adult-use marijuana as foes mobilize. There's House Bill 2037, Senate Bill 2487, SB 2689. Read about them in your state. So, get this thing passed, Hawaii. Ohio lawmaker is warning fellow co colleagues they risk losing re-election for undermining voter-approved marijuana legalization law. Of course, mm -hmm. the voters have spoken, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Your constituents have spoken. Whether or not you like the law, whether or not you wanted cannabis to go recreational in your state, tough titty. <laughs> your voters have spoken. Now fix this and let it go totally recreational before the spring. Get it done. You're, you're, you're drowning this because you want to change laws. You want to do Ohio. Your voters have spoken. And if you don't do this, I hope all of you get voted out. I would love it. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, Illinois' growing dispensary landscape. It's, it is growing, and there is a lot of dispensaries opening up like crazy here in Illinois. So the analyst highlights the, uh, the issuance of 74 social equity dispensary licenses from October of 2022 to February of 2024. And they've, I'm going to say this, this is, I'm going on saying this, there's been a lot of struggles. <laughs> so, uh, don't tout this, whoever, who, uh, the state of Illinois, don't tout on this at all. Cause you've done a terrible job. <laughs> so primarily concentrated in Illinois, densely populated Northeast. This marks a significant augmentation to the pre-existing tally of 110 stores, potentially catalyzing market expansion. The report uh, posts that the relatively uh, lower per capita cannabis spending in Illinois compared to Michigan is due to fewer dispensaries and lower product pricing. Mm, I don't know about that. Factors that are set to evolve with the new with these new entrants. Uh, the increasing dispensary count, however, forecast a dilution in revenue per store. This is coming from the MSOs, of course, uh, for existing establishments alongside exerting downward pressure on retail prices. Notably, the majority of the new social equity stores are situated in the greater Chicago area, intensifying competition for MSOs with a significant presence there. Among the players um, are Verano, Cresco, and Ascend Wellness Holdings emerge as the most affected with notable numbers of new social equity stores encroaching within a five-mile radius of their existing outlets. Verano faces competition from 19 stores, Cresco Labs from 18, and Ascend Wellness from 17. On the other hand, Cureleaf Holdings contends with 13 nearby social equity stores, while Green Thumb Industries have relatively lighter impact with two. GTI's stores are in... A lot of them are in smaller towns or smaller cities, and they're not surrounded with, I mean, there's one in Quincy, Illinois. There's one in Canton, mm-hmm. you know, so you're in smaller towns that, that right. you might be the only dispensary within a 50-mile radius. So people are coming. So... um Regional disparities and strategic positions. The report delves into the geographical spread and the strategic positioning of these MSOs, revealing a nuanced landscape of competition, Uh, market dynamics, and the future outlook. The report concludes with an overview of Illinois' cannabis market dynamics, including sales, growth, price trends, and shifting competitive landscape amidst the increasing store count. With Illinois cannabis sales reaching almost reaching $2 billion, the market exhibits robust potential growth. Uh, I think it was just short with if you include medical, or it was like just touching like at $2 billion. So that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, with competitive, they always forget med that brings in $30, $40 million a year, you know? Um, from new market entrances. So what what this article is saying here in Illinois, and I've been talking about this for a while, five years ago, there was 50, 60 dispensaries. Mm-hmm. In the whole state. In the whole state. Right. And the state was doing five, six, seven hundred million, let's just say. Mm-hmm. We'll say f- so everybody was making an abundance of money. Yeah. When... You had you hit that hundred and ten threshold uh, about a year and a half ago. People were still making really good money because we were hitting that billion dollar threshold. Now there's a hundred and eighty four dispensaries and another ten more coming down the pipe, ready to open. There's going to be three hundred thirty dispensaries, probably by possibly mid twenty twenty five, or I would say by twenty twenty five. Wow. Probably be they want three hundred thirty dispensaries open. Of course. 
there now is going to be competition across this whole state. There's going to be tons of them in the more populated areas. And I've said this before, this business is not for you to make billions of dollars on this business. It's an everybody business to make money on. Everybody deserves a piece in this. So uh, instead of you making your 10 stores, bringing in a million and a half, $2 million a month or 800, 500,000 a month, you're going to bring in a lot less. Your numbers aren't going to be where they're at because the money's going to be spread out. People are going to go where they like to go. The experience-based stores are going to, are going to be a lot funner that people are going to want to go to. They're not going to get pushed in and out like cattle. They're not going to force you to order online. Right. You're going to go to the stores and have some fun. And that's what these new stores are bringing, the experience level, the fun. They're letting you come in and walk around the store. They're letting you, <laughs> they're letting you sit on the couches and talk to the bud tenders. And they're being more experience-based stores, which is what's going to happen. So a lot of the stores that are stuck in their ways better change fast or else they're not going to make it. Or they're going to get just – not. they'll make it, but they're not going to make the kind of money they were making. Right. So <laughs> – we shall see. Michigan uh, cannabis sales sink a little bit in January. I mean, it's January. <laughs> uh, they were down to $242 million. <laughs> they plunged about 13% after ha- setting a record. Everybody set it a record in December this year. Everybody was spending money on cannabis this year. So it was, uh, uh, you know, you're down a little bit, but you still did over $200 million. Um Idaho legislator proposes advertising ban on illegal cannabis products because there's people crossing state lines to go to Oregon and Washington and stuff, and there's billboards like saying buy marijuana right five feet over the border. <laughs> so an Idaho doesn't want that in their state. Hmm. Arkansas advocates second attempt to expand medical cannabis access. Missouri clears 100,000 100, misdemeanor cannabis convictions. Good for you, Missouri. Connecticut Church granted legal battle against cannabis dispensary. Uh, support growing in PA's Luzerne County for legalizing recreational cannabis. That's cool. Virginia House legal pot bill heads for final floor vote. Finally, going to get some dispensaries opened up where you can go buy cannabis. But I bet you a lot of people at home grow are probably like, screw you, we're making money. <laughs> uh, the U.S. Navy expands marijuana waiver authority to address recruiting shortfalls. So let people skate through with that prior marijuana use. This was the kicker for me, and I posted this. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris claims administration mm-hmm. changed federal marijuana marijuana policy while using incorrect map of state legalization and some of the laws. She totally buffed this up. Yeah. How can someone who who came from a city that arrested that had thousands of people convicted for marijuana convictions in your in your state, in your constituents, in your area in San Francisco. You had thousands upon thousands of people arrested for cannabis. You busted them and you put them away. And now you're to- you are totally against cannabis, but now because it's for your political gain to get you and your party back into the vote, this is not for anybody's political gain. None of you deserve this plant. Not one of you politicians deserve this plant. You are the root cause of why people are at today with the drugs on war, over $1 trillion spent on this. You are the root cause. And stop using this for your political gain to get votes because you are a fucking fake. This is the people's plant. You don't deserve any of this. You don't deserve to tell us how we should use cannabis in our lives. You don't deserve to be in our houses, period. But you don't deserve to tell me how to use my cannabis at use. This, can't, this plant should be free. 
for all to use, all to enjoy, all to grow, all to who want to consume and make a living on. This is not a government's plant, and it's becoming it, and it's becoming their profitability to run their states and to get political votes. And we're all being duped, and we're all being fooled, and we're all being put into this fucking bubble that, oh, the cannabis community has the votes now, so we need to lead them over to us because we're going to legalize cannabis this year. And we're going to make sure it happened. Well, they promised that to you in 20-fucking-20 and is now 2024, and they still haven't given you what we've all asked for. And that's cannabis freedom, cannabis not rescheduling, decriminalization, and descheduling off the federal and make this like a fucking regular household plant. Because you've duped us for hundreds of years, and you fucked us so many times, and this is just another one for your political gain. Because now it's 2024, and you need the cannabis community votes to help get you in. You ain't got my vote. None of you do. Not one of you in there. I am not voting for any of you. And you're not duping me again. And hopefully none of you get duped between the governments across this world. Because this plant has been lied to you and purged and destroyed in front of all of our faces, and we have done nothing to stop it. So I'm putting a stop to it. I am not voting for any of you that, that have lied to us about cannabis. You're all done to me. I don't see you. Wow. Want to hit? Yeah, because you're going to talk about some good times and some high times, <laughs> yeah. and some good vibes, and some cannabis community, and find us some 420. William, Mrs. Weed Man. Yes, Mr. Weed Man. High times and good vibes with your cannabis community. Find 420. In a world where connectivity knows no bounds, Find 420 stands out as a revolutionary web platform that serves as a connecting link between cannabis sellers and buyers globally. This platform is not just about transactions. It empowers users to showcase their cannabis dispensaries and effortlessly discover nearby options. Imagine a space where every inhalation brings not just relaxation, but a profound sense of community an experience shared among like-minded individuals. <clears throat> In the dynamic landscape of cannabis culture, Finding your 420 community is not just a passing trend. It evolves into a lifestyle. Before delving into the heart of the cannabis community, it's crucial to unravel the mystery behind 420. Originating from the California counterculture of the 1970s, this numeric code has become synonymous with the consumption of cannabis. Understanding the significance of 420 sets the stage for appreciating the unique bond shared by those immersed, immersed, I'm sorry, in the cannabis community. Beyond the stereotypical stoner image lies a diverse tapestry of individuals from various backgrounds, professions, and walks of life with the cannabis within the cannabis community. This exploration of different personas sheds light on the myriad connection, connections waiting to be formed among like-minded enthusiasts. <laughs> you, you actually hit this fucking... I just kept you, hitting it. You hit it a lot. I was watching. I'm like, oh, she could be oh, fucked up. <laughs> Engaging within the cannabis community extends beyond personal consumption. Participants in cannabis events find themselves enveloped in an atmosphere of celebration, education, and camaraderie. Festivals and educational seminars provide a platform to connect with like-minded individuals and expand one's knowledge about cannabis. 
In this digital age, connecting with fellow cannabis enthusiasts has never been easier. Online platforms dedicated to cannabis bring people together, fostering a sense of belonging in a, in a virtual space. From forums to social media groups, the digital smoke circle becomes a haven for sharing experiences, insights, and even discovering local meetups. Beyond the recreational aspect, cannabis plays a pivotal role in holistic wellness. Exploring how the cannabis community embraces the plant for its therapeutic benefits unveils a side that goes beyond the stereotypical image, showcasing the diverse applications of cannabis in promoting well-being. As the legal landscape around cannabis continues to evolve, the 420 community finds itself at the forefront of advocacy. Understanding how enthusiasts come together to push for responsible legalization ensures that the community's voice is heard and respected. In the kaleidoscope of cannabis culture, finding your 420 is not just about shared interests. It's about building connections that go beyond the smoke-filled rooms. As we navigate the highs and lows of life, having a community that understands and celebrates the journey becomes paramount. So, the next time you take a moment to indulge, consider the community you could be part of. Whether it's through local events, online platforms, or advocacy efforts, the cannabis community welcomes all who seek more than just a high. They seek connection, understanding, and a shared love for the green leaf. Embrace the high times and good vibes that come with finding your 420 community, because in the world of cannabis, the journey is just as enriching as the destination. You can, uh, I really dug this article mm -hmm. by Find 420. And, I mean, it's in our name. Yep. Ma, Ma 420 was born <laughs> on 420. The, the term 420, once I really learned what it was all about, I mean, I had heard it, you know, when I was young, but when I, the history and what it, what it, you know, the Waldos and all that, and what it meant. But then now where it has come to, because mm -hmm. 420 does mean community. Everybody knows that term. It's the time to smoke. You know, the time 420 is the, is actually the true meaning. Like, hey, it's 420. Let's all grab a joint, get in our circle, get in our community. You, you see people all the time. Hey, it's 420. And you laugh because it is. Okay, you know what that means. <laughs> Go outside and fucking hit your bowl, you know, or hit your one or whatever. But this article is really good because we hear it all the time. Community, community, the cannabis community, the cannabis community, the cannabis community, right? How many times have we heard it? Hundreds of times. And... I believe it is a, a, a tribe. It is a community. It's a community of people from all walks of life that when you know someone smokes weed or you're smoking a joint with somebody you just met for the first time or you ask somebody if they partake and they give you that look. We were in Louisville, right? And we asked the the, the hotel uh, desk. The, yeah, the desk. Yeah, the concierge yeah. helped us out on something and we just said, do you partake? And the concierge goes, how could you tell? I'm like, here's a fucking joint for you. And she was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's community. Right. That's the tribe building. That's when you know that that... That's the that's the love of it, you know, for me, like that whole like you can go anywhere and meet a burner stoner and pothead and you just know and they know and you and you either 
share a story or share 420 or share a joint with one another or throw somebody a, a, an edible. You know, how many times have I given a bartender or a server an edible or a joint? Mm-hmm. And because you know they're going to need it when they get off their shift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's part of the tribe. That's part of the community. You know, the, the gatherings at events when you see people and you go outside and you smoke, you're out and there's five people smoking a joint or, you know, and they pass, oh, you want to hit? Oh, fuck yeah, man, thanks. You know, take a couple of rips, puff, puff, pass, and you move on to the next, you, where you were going, you know, or you stay in the circle and you bullshit a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the events and the gatherings that I, I love, you know, when you're just seeing all these burner stoners and potheads in one spot now, you know, not just all scattered behind an alley smoking or in their car cars just people are fucking out front now and fuck you we're gonna smoke mm-hmm. and that's what i love the 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 tribe building of this all you know you can go anywhere in the world and you find yourself a good community or a good tribe yeah. and you're smoking some fucking weed with them dubrovnik i was just telling mm-hmm. that story today to somebody how i how i sniffed it out and found two servers in the back of the alley of the restaurant smoking and i fucking said i got a weed shirt on look <laughs> look can i smoke and it was their own homegrown it was even better uh-huh. that's the tribe that's the community you know it's fucking amazing you know and i love this article and i love that this 420 find 420 wrote it i think it's fucking great so uh, international news: A man arrested in Kingswood, uh, uh, UK, uh, with fourteen hundred cannabis plants. <laughs> Talking about fucking trying to keep it fucking real. <laughs> Poor guy, fourteen hundred. Oh, he was released he's on. In trouble. Yeah, he was released on bail. Uh, but yeah, that's it's a lot of weed. People aren't gonna get <laughs> in the in the UK. Man, that sucks. And it looks like they showed some pictures of it too. It's a, a nice grow. He had a nice setup. <laughs> he had a lot of plants. Um, the golden age for medical cannabis in Europe. There's a new dawn, a new day. The green prosperity of Europe stands on the cusp of transformative era in the healthcare and commerce of medical cannabis at its heart. The content rich in history and culture is poised to embrace what many are calling the golden age for medical cannabis. Uh, The optimism stems largely from Germany's ambitious plans to legalize and regulate cannabis nationwide by 2024, a move that can fundamentally reshape the cannabis landscape across Europe. They're talking about April now, Germany being there by April. It's pioneering its steps, uh, social club models and commerce expansion. Uh, They're doing something different, not just going straight to dispensaries. They're doing something a little different with on, you know, with on-site social club models, probably that they've seen in other mm. European markets, cafes. you know, cafes, making it a social, <laughs> you know, um, seeing what the Netherlands have done. They're 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 been such medical focus too on this, and and they've been studying it. So there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. Uh, I like what I'm hearing, and there's just got to get their shit together because it's taking a long time to do this. But it's gonna. I've said this before, you know, once Germany legalizes something the rest of europe follows and i don't know how true that is but that's what i've heard um I'm saying it's going to have a, 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 a domino effect encouraging other european countries to re- reconsider their cannabis policies nations like portugal portugal which decriminalized all drugs and countries with medical cannabis programs might look into germany's example to expand or introduce familiar frameworks so good for germany for doing this and, and taking that step it's a bigger country you know luxembourg and malta you know are phenomenal to do, take that step we just talked about malta to, uh, yesterday right you were asking me where was malta i'm like it's off the coast of sicily you know it's 
a beautiful island that I would love. To, oh, you saw a commercial, didn't mm -hmm. you? Yeah, or something we were watching. It was kind of fun. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, Bachelor. Bachelor, yes. Yep. Yes. And you're like, where's Malta? I'm like, it's the first country to fucking legalize weed in social clubs. It's going to be great. So, But we'll see what happens in the golden age of cannabis in Europe soon. I, I'm looking forward to going over there and, and going to social clubs and smoking some good weed with people one day next time we make it over there. So you are not very good at smoking bongs. I'm okay. You've gotten better. I, I'm just okay. Yeah. Hardly. Uh, <laughs> but there's a culture yeah. uh, of bong smoking, and there's now there's calling it an evolution, but it's been, I've been smoking bong since fucking, I've been smoking bong for a long time. So <laughs> let's put it that way. Um, and I do love a good bong rip. <laughs> so, uh, but tell us a little bit about it. Yep. The rise of cannabis culture, exploring the evolution of bong smoking. You are likely to find a bong in every cannabis smoker's accessory collection. And it is not a wonder, since bong smoking has been a growing preference for many people. Some smokers feel that it's safer than taking dry hits. Besides cooling off the smoke, the water also filters out harmful molecules and bacteria from the smoke. The effects of cannabis is calming and reduces stress while combating nausea. <clears throat> many users have concluded that its effects... Uh, it affects sleep quality and is known to cure late night anxiety. Bong smoking didn't start yesterday. There's a, re a rich history behind what has become an important ritual among cannabis smokers today. So let's learn more. The history of bong smoking. As an avid smoker, you could be wondering where and how the tradition of bong smoking came to be. Well, those beautiful inventions in your collection started years ago. While the name of the first person who invented a bong isn't known, there's evidence that these devices have been in use since ancient times. In the year 2013, archaeologists led by Andrei Belinsky unearthed what is believed to be the first bong in southern Russia, and it's estimated to be around 2,400 years old. Damn. This ancient innovation was also a work of art and beauty. Originally, they were made with solid gold and adorned with intricate animal and human figures. Besides this discovery, the ritual of cannabis smoking and the use of bong has uh, roots that trace back um, in other regions that include Africa. Uh, there were earlier discoveries in Ethiopia by J.C. Dombrowski. The bong found in a cave uh, there was believed to be from between A.D. 1100 and A.D. 1400, mainly made, made of animal horns and pottery. The discovery also showed that ancient smokers played with different innovations to perfect the devices. Um, in East Asia, records show that bongs were used in this part of the world in the 13th century and became more popular during the uh, Qing dynasty, dynasty in China. I heard you listen to find out how that was said. I had to make sure I didn't ruin that. <laughs> they were the most preferred way of smoking tobacco. Empress Dowager uh, Zichi uh, was buried with three of her favorite bongs. Good for her. I know, right? Thailand. Uh, the word bong is believed to have come from the word baoong, a Thai word that means bamboo tube. The word dates back to the... Do you like how I 
pronounce that. You, I heard you listening to it on, on Google, like translator or something. <laughs> Pretty good, though. You, you uh, actually, and it was probably like an hour and a half ago when you were practicing yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, it came. I was like, come good. on, you can do this. Pretty good. The word dates back to the 14th century and depicts the smoking device used in the region around that time. Uh, the Silk Road, a trade route between Europe and East Asia in the early years, played a significant role in popularizing the bong. The use of bongs spread to Europe and later to the Americas using these routes. But it was not until the 1800s that glass bongs came to be. This was after the glass industry started flourishing, coinciding with the growth in tobacco farming as a cash crop. The 1960s and 70s mark one of the most iconic moments for glass bongs. At the time of the hippie movement, Bob Snodgrass, a famous glass artist who toured with the band Grateful Dead, started making glass bongs with borosilicate, borosilicate glass. That's a big one. Bob also developed the fuming process using silver and gold to add color to his bongs, a technology still used today. The first bong designs of Snodgrass continue to inspire bong designers to date. Since this period coincided with the growing popularity of cannabis use, the use of glass bongs spread exponentially. As cannabis use continues to grow around the world, the bong continues its popularity among users. Modern innovations are about class and lifestyle in addition to functionality. Bong manufacturers continue to be innovative to bring every user a bong that meets his or her needs. From intricate designs, shapes, and colors, modern bongs have become accessories that you can display around the house and a staple for social gatherings where cannabis is present. Modern innovators also continue to enhance functionality and user experience. Today's bongs are fitted with ash catchers, ice catchers, and percolators, among other features that enhance filtration, providing smoother and bigger hits. This has taken bong smoking to the next level. Materials come in a wide range, including silicone, ceramic, and acrylic. However, glass bongs outshine other materials in popularity. From earth pipes used in Africa, bamboo pipes of Thai people, and metal devices used in East Asia, bong smoking has remained a valuable ritual in cannabis, cannabis smoking. The device continues to be a smoker's dream collection as new innovations find their way to the market. Wonderful. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever created a strain <laughs> called Snodgrass. <laughs> That'd be a good one. But someone needs to create a strain. Like a real visual? A but, real visual well, strain? Yeah, but I just want to just Chill. like, hey, what are you smoking on? Snodgrass. <laughs> what do you got there? <laughs> what do you got? Snodgrass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Snodgrass. Mm -hmm. That is a wonderful name for a strain. Snodgrass. Just got to make it stanky and skunky and just gnarly as fuck. Earthy. And what do you got there? Snodgrass. Snodgrass. There might be a strain already out there. I don't know. But if there isn't, please someone Make create one. the gnarliest, skunkiest, <laughs> dankiest, smelliest. Like when you when you rip a bong rip and you blow it fucking clouds through the, through the crowd and they just turn. Yeah. They just turn on you. You know, like, whoa. Snodgrass. Stinky. That's some snodgrass right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Travis Baker of Blink-182. Reportedly used to smoke, or he might still, 20 blunts a day. Whoa. 
20. Hmm. I met a kid today at a dispensary that smokes an ounce a day. Holy shit. An ounce How? a day. Fucking Nonstop. Monster, monster backwoods. He would say he would probably roll a backwood that had like, huh. like an eighth in it. That's crazy. And I was like, yo, an ounce a day. He's like, yeah, man, I smoke an ounce a day. I'm like, damn, you need to fucking, you need to find some places to go. <laughs> like, like to find weed that you don't have to spend here yeah. at the dispensaries for that kind of money. So we right. talked and I gave him some places to go. But we were laughing about it. And I was like, dude, that's fucking impressive. But I understand. I mean, Travis Baker, 20 yeah. fucking 20 blunts a day. Right. They must All- just like let it burn like a cigar. Right, and they just well, like puff I mean, on it. Yeah, like, when every you're smoking so a backwood, though, those yeah. are f- tobacco leaves, heavy tobacco yeah. leaves too, man. That's foo. <laughs> but he's also selling cannabis now. Got a good successful band, but I just couldn't believe when I heard twenty twenty fucking blunts a day. Whew. <laughs> That's impressive. Wow. Um, I smoked half of one. And I can't see. <laughs> That's just a joint. I'd like to thank uh, Grow Works (laughs) and uh, for uh, donating to the cause. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your Slurpees was very good. Got Mrs. Weed Man Stony Baloney. This is not a strain to do on to do a show on. (laughs) I don't think so. I mean, we could sit here and probably talk all night, (laughs) right? But to read and and stay focused on on the flow of the show like that. That was tough. That yeah, that was a tough strain. I feel like I've been here for like five hours. (laughs) I really do. I hope that you guys don't listen. An hour and twenty minutes we've been recording. (laughs) We went to we did an hour and twenty. Well, so it's a long time to do yeah. on Slurpees. This was a tough strain. Uh, this will be the. I mean, we haven't. This fucking like. And I'm freezing. I'm like me, shivering. Oh, uh, you got the fucking. You got the no, shiver I'm me cold. timbers. I'm actually cold. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like one point made me see cross eye or cock eye. Oh yeah. Oh, I thought second. there was a window. <laughs> I thought the sun was coming in. I'm like, God, it's so bright. Yeah, it was so uh, bright. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was a tough strain. And we've smoked that a lot. A long time. We've too. smoked a lot of weed on this fucking show. That a lot a of, we've done this 191 episodes as of today, and I've done another 49 on the grow hour. So I've smoked a lot of different strains in all these years. And out of <laughs> this has been the toughest to do a show on. High is great. Ugh. Fucking, but this is a this but is zonkers, one where like I, I want to smoke and just go lay on the couch yeah. and tell jokes, but not move. Yeah. <laughs> just stare at the TV and yeah. forget yeah. to change the channel. Right. Yeah. That's this strain right here. So Slurpees, yeah. oh. Grow Works. Appreciate you donating to the cause. We'll throw you. Uh, we'll see you soon at probably some events, and we'll have to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miss Weedman, Mister Weedman, that's the end of the show. Yep. Got anything else to say? Whew. Oh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, but our show won't be out until the day after. So I hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day. Hope you all had a wonderful Valentine's yeah. Day. You got big hugs and big kisses, and you got cards and. Uh, I don't know. Just and if you didn't have yeah. a Valentine's, well, here, Happy Valentine's Day. Hug and yourself, we, and we love you. We love you, Mister and Mrs. Weedman. Love you, everybody out there in the world. Peace be with you all. Peace be with you all. Please, we need some peace in this world. We need some kindness. We need some love. We need these wars to stop. We need to stop killing each other. We need to calm the fuck down and help each other. Bring people. There's people fucking like innocent people getting murdered, right now. Just murdered. There's nothing you can say about that. Just pray for them. We love you. 
as Polly always says, smoke smart. Puff puffing away. Puff puff pass. Check out our cannabis lifestyle brand online at 8decades.com. Our custom smokes and accessories are perfect for your coffee table, bedroom nightstand, or kitchen counter. They're designed for you to show them off. The Canna community is also loving our hemp and cotton blend t-shirts, sweatshirts, scarves, and hats, finished off with our 8 Decades logo. We've got some awesome long-lasting goods that will be your favorite for years to come. 8 Decades, because a ninth decade of cannabis prohibition isn't acceptable. <laughs>